This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's MPB Think Radio. I'm Charles Arnold. This is a special Fall Pledge Drive podcast episode asking you to support the MPB news and information you rely on each day. It's so easy to contribute. Call 888-372-4483 or spend just three minutes online at mpbonline.org. Thank you for your contribution. From MPB Think Radio, this is Deep South Dining, the show all about the culture of Southern flavor and the folks that love to stir the pot. Good morning, Malcolm White with Carol Palmer. Today, we are your host and fellow foodway travelers. This morning is a special drive time episode of Deep South Dining with October ending. It is time to talk about the upcoming holiday season. So we welcome back to the show the talented and ineffable Tim Pierce to talk about his Thanksgiving table and his mother's classic cornbread dressing. But MPB Think Radio is listener-supported radio, and we would be nothing without your support. We thank you for supporting Deep South Dining and for your recipes, your food, your phone calls, cooking and coping input, memories and cooking tips. But now is the time to show your financial support. To show your support during this Drive Time episode, call 1-888-372-7483. Welcome to Deep South Dining right here on MPB Think Radio. Good morning, Carol. I'm scared. Good morning, Malcolm. It's Halloween. That's a good one. Y'all are good. <laughs> Y'all are real good. Tim, do you know what you're here for, man? <laughs> Not sure yet. Well, well, it's it's one of my favorite days of the year because Tim Pierce is here. Yeah. He drove all the way from Memphis. That's right. All we, those three hours. There's always nothing scary about having Tim in town. It, there, there is not. It's always a celebration. Fun, fun. Well, it's time to get your motor running because it's also drive time, folks. So uh, we're going to take care of that as the show uh, unfolds. But, Tim, meanwhile, it is so nice to have you back in town. And, uh, Carol, thank you for the fabuloso dinner last night that included mm. most everyone in this room. And... Uh, we want to shout out to Enrica Williams for the fabulous food that she served us last evening. Indeed. Java, what was your favorite dish? Oh, man. Now you really put me on the spot because it was hard to choose. I mean, every every course had something that I liked. And when I say something, I really mean all of it, um, the, from the, the, the lamb to the, the pot sticker at the beginning to the German chocolate shake cake at the begin at the end <laughs> the uh the salad um eating my tomato soup which mean i got my vegetables last night uh i mean everything <laughs> well tim and i were talking about uh about her salad i'm gonna let you jump in here about um the thousand it was salad with thousand island dressing i mean she said it was her father's favorite and i was like well now it's my favorite you know i'm gonna have to do a study on thousand island down but what i was expecting when she told me i was expecting this a little bowl with lettuce with some chopped up lettuce in thousand island with some thousand island on top and not so much there was um i think she called it a schmear or something on the bottom right. of the pile, and just a little fluffy little pile yeah. of 
that was lettuce and crunchy things. Crunchy things. And chopped eggs. Chopped yeah, the eggs. Uh, deviled egg guts that she that she called or boiled egg. I forgot the name yeah. for it that she called boiled egg guts. Yeah, and it was I was like on the salad like. But it was Enrica. She's she's amazing, and she's so intentional with her cooking. So it was great, as always. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Well, Carol, uh, are you ready for Halloween? Malcolm, I'm always ready okay. for Halloween. I just hate that I'm not going to a party because yeah, John and I love to like, like we up. like dressing up. I went to costumes. a Halloween party last uh, last Friday night at. Uh, at uh, White Waters in Christie's house. And, Ooh, uh, my invitation must have gotten lost in the mail. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not in charge of that. But we went and had a big time. And we sort of dressed up. Tim, mm-hmm. do you dress up for the holiday? Not my thing. No, mine either, really. But no. I, I took a I took a leap of faith, put on a few things, and uh, made it happen. What did you go as, Michael? What did you have on? I went as, uh, this is what I call it, Panama Jackson. Pan- oh, Panama Jackson. <laughs> okay. So it was all white, Panama hat, white jacket, little string tie with a fox on it, white <laughs> pants. My wife was like, you got to be kidding. But, but anyway. <laughs> it's Halloween. You can get away with it. You can get away with it. <laughs> it is what it is, right? That's right. That's right. So uh, speaking of Halloween, Carol, what is your favorite uh, Halloween candy? Look, I have come out and I have staked my candy before. I think even last week on the radio show. It is candy corn. Candy corn. Candy corn. Mm-hmm. That's you a heard controversy. Of, have you heard of the freeze-dried uh, candy corn? I would not accept that. You might. Really? You might. Java, you know about the freeze-dried candy? This is very new to me. It's a new thing. All of your favorite candies now are being freeze-dried and presented in that form. So it's like I don't I don't even know what to think. I'm gonna have to I'm like have to explore. Up, blown up, but I've got I will I will share later. Okay, but, okay, uh, cool. That that's what I'm talking about. You know anything about this, Tim? Not at all. Well, Tim, would you just say like I do? Why? Yeah, I, I'm analyzing that. I don't understand what the purpose is. Oh, just you know, marketing. Oh, okay. I suppose. What's Not- your favorite uh, Halloween candy, Tim? You know, I could never eat a whole Snickers bar, but now they make those thumb-sized ones. Man. I can eat 20 of those. I mean, man, you that's exactly what I was going to say. I have a yeah. bowl full of those yes. in my house. It seems like two bites, but yeah. then the next thing you know, it's three Snicker bars. Well, initially, they made the smaller ones that was like, that was two bites, but now it is just a bite. And, and that's it. A bite it, of magic. Yeah. I can eat them like popcorn now. We sort of informally welcome Tim into the studio this morning, but how about a little formality around who this fellow is? Well, first of all, I appreciate you giving me this opportunity since both of you are from Boonful, and you know how we feel about Boonful boys around here. They uh, they call in, they, they share, they have a lot to say usually. But anyway, Tim Pierce <laughs> is... Uh, from by way of Boonville, Memphis, Tennessee, and you know I n- have known Tim casually for a long time, but it wasn't until we started cooking and coping that the real magic of Tim 
you know, came to light. And he is one of the top posters on cooking and coping. Um, and so many people follow him. So many people want to do what Tim does. I mean, the, it's WWTD. What would Tim do in this <laughs> situation but we see his post from his home on south main street and usually on sunday night from edwards farm and we know there are a lot of people out there excited that he is on the radio with us absolutely and tim is his advice and counsel is sought after uh, by many on our cooking and coping facebook and being a designer he has a lot of opinions on everything from food to the table, and he is never, never, never shy to share. And he's never wrong. He is never wrong. Oh, wow. Hey, Tim. How could he be wrong when he's so right? When he's so right. <laughs> We're glad you're here, Tim. Thanks so much Good for joining morning. us this morning. It's we, great to be here. We do appreciate all that you do, and um, you know, all of our listeners know you as well as they know us, and uh, we, we're glad that you're part of the family, and we're glad you came to see us. Thank you. So Great welcome, to be here. welcome, welcome. So you're thinking Thanksgiving. I'm thinking Thanksgiving and cooking and coping. Thinking Thanksgiving as well. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder have have people started to uh, ask you for advice or? I got a message just yesterday. Okay. From someone who says that they had normally don't do Thanksgiving, but this year they are, and they have to have the chicken and dressing recipe. Uh-huh. I was like, well, let me get through Deep South Dining, and I'm sure we will post it again. So yes. it's going to be the, the third annual posting of Mom's Chicken and Dressing. There you go. See, we're very consistent about yes, something. Yes, and you know, the first time he posted it, it created just this – you know, all these questions, all this stuff. I took Tim's directions that he gave uh, on cooking and coping. And, and made I, them your own. I actually did it in the format that we would use it in a in a cooking school. He exactly. Might, he, and I, I think you tweaked it. But uh, Java has it to post, and we're going to find a way maybe to attach it to the top of uh, cooking and coping for mm-hmm. yeah. you know. Job you down with the attaching of the uh, recipe there. Yeah, we can figure it out because it's always a hit. Like this is like Tim said, third annual. Basically, it's, <laughs> it's it is like an MPB Deep South Dining tradition now. Right. <laughs> so let's talk about the dress. Talk talk about Mama and the dressing. Well, <clears throat> Mom's dressing is a, a bit unusual in the fact that it has chicken in it. So she used a fatty hen and. Of course, stewed that and then took the meat and put it in the dressing. And I never really thought anything about mom's cornbread, but she started with bacon grease. So there's a quarter cup of bacon grease in the cornbread So and eggs in the cornbread. So then she didn't put raw eggs in to stabilize the dressing itself. So there's just some things that she did that, I grew up thinking that's the way everyone did it, but obviously when I posted it, it's not that way at all. So, But I think those that have tried it have seen that it's sort of a great way to do it. Well, and I think it harks back to an earlier time. I think it's what, you know, when people people taste it, it, it's what you think a Thanksgiving dressing should. It has a depth of flavor for sure, and you may or may not like the uh, added chicken, the texture that that offers. So it can certainly be left out, and we noted mm. that in the recipe as well. 
and I can't remember what were what was your daddy's company? Did did he not like sage? I remember there was something. It's quite that, the opposite. Oh, he did want a lot of sage. Okay. Quite the opposite. I just remember there was something yeah. there. Dad loved the sage and especially the black pepper. So that was. It's also in the recipe that mom got it to where she thought it was right, and then invariably dad would come by and add just freely until he thought it was right and she always said daddy you're going to ruin the dressing (laughs) and it was always great so it was their opportunity to do it together for some reason so now tim does this recipe which i believe you you sort of suggest that it's a side dish on thanksgiving isn't it also an entree known as chicken and dressing that, that we grew up eating we would have never considered it a side. We had chicken and dressing, and it was sort of mom's, not sort of, it was mom's signature. I mean, people got it year-round, even if they had a runny nose. That's so, um, <laughs> it, it so it was an entree. It was a main course. Absolutely. It was not a side. And I guess simply because the meat is in it, it, it is very hearty. Yes. You know, so, um, but yeah, she made it regularly and kept it in the freezer in case somebody died. So it was ready to go. It was funeral food yeah, absolutely. Uh, at, the, at the ready. Always funeral food. You know, they served uh, chicken and dressing uh, at um, the old Dickerson uh, Furniture Company restaurant, the 105. Yeah, it was absolutely. one of their daily lunches yeah. uh, in the previous ownership. I don't know if they still do it. Yeah, I don't either. But Lisa Stevens did a great job with all of that, getting that going. And now it has a new owner. And from what I hear, it's still going great. And they've moved over to the Barnett House across from the Macmillan Funeral Home and now have this special event space. Have you seen it yet? Not personally, but the pictures are absolutely beautiful. It's gorgeous. They had a grand opening last week, so we wish them all the luck in the world. Another thing, Carol, that you'll get to see when you visit Boonville. I know. I've got to go. Just got to go. You know, Tim, um, being in Boonville, it was a cornbread dressing place, and I remember a story that – that you wrote about your first experience with oyster dressing. You know, I'm hungry for that this year. I would normally not do both of them for Thanksgiving, but I think I'm going to have to do both. I've just got a hankering for some oyster dressing this year. So, But they didn't have oyster dressing in Boonville. We didn't often have oysters. So, no, that was not a common thing for us. It, it's only been in the last few years when I found – Ed Lee's recipe on Garden and Gun that I really fell in love with oyster dressing. Hmm. Well, uh, you wrote about your friend Yancey, Yancey, oh, who, yeah. who is no longer with us, as you said, yeah. that um, she had moved to the next realm. Yes. But she had an oyster dressing that you had extolled in the past. No, that the story she invited us to her Thanksgiving dinner that she slaved over. But our friend brought the oyster dressing, um, so it was um, not Yancey's oyster dressing that we mm-hmm. took. It was Carrie's it oyster. It was Carrie's yeah. oyster dressing that we took on over. And um, finally, Yancey just had it. She's like, I need somebody to take on over what I made. 
but it, it was the oyster dressing that was the hit of the evening. That was also the evening that she had polished the dining table with Old English, and all the gentlemen got it all over her sleeves. <laughs> she, she liked the luster it gave, so she just left the polish well, the, on, on, the top, the, on top of the table. Yeah. I like that. So, I like and, that. So everyone wore the Old English home. And threw the shirts away. I mean, yeah. totally yeah. destroyed. But the thing that I most... Um, it hit me about the story was the expression of taking on over something, which is yeah. very southern. And yeah, I think she loves some taking on. She really did. That we need to remind our uh, our listeners when you are at the Thanksgiving table and the food has been made for you, take on take over on it. Over it for sure. Yeah. What other? Uh, Talk a little bit about your Thanksgiving meal, like sort of what what is always there? What are some of the things that you interchange, some experiments, or is it always pretty straightforward? Yeah, I'm a, a creature of habit, but I, I did ask our friends at Cooking and Coping to really feel like they've become family about dishes that they only had at Thanksgiving, which I, I found really interesting. And a lot of them responded with the traditional items. So they're dressing the sweet potato casserole, the real cranberry sauce. A lot of folks only have that at Thanksgiving, which yeah. is, I mean, I, I understand, but, you know, it's a lot of people have it throughout the year. But one also uh, offered the great-grandmother's eggplant casserole that the young folks in the family don't like, so she doesn't do it every year. But sometimes we just have to have the things that are our comfort food from mm-hmm. our past. So. She did that, uh, a fruit cake, the the cherry salad, you know, yep. the, the cherry salad made with pie filling, you know. That, that. Oh, I think we I think we need to take on. A, I think uh, maybe that's uh, a recipe that's gotten lost. Yeah, for sure. So let's t- right. So the the cherry salad made with pie filling and Eagle Brand. I, did, <laughs> I didn't know sweetened condensed milk was called anything other than Eagle Brand for many many years. So I mean, sorry if I'm making an advertisement for Eagle Brand, but and Cool Whip, not whipping cream, but Cool Whip. All of that is so 1970s. All of that stirred up together and called a salad. That's what I really love. Oh about my it. gosh! Okay, yeah. so puff a can of puff filling. A can filling. of pie filling. Uh, a can of crushed pineapple. Uh-huh. Chopped pecans. A um, can of Eagle Brand. <laughs> since the pie filling wasn't sweet enough, and then Cool Whip. Again, another sugar element. So all of that stirred up together made a lovely cherry salad. So. I used to um, keep an open can of uh, condensed milk in the refrigerator, and I would take a spoon at a time yep. as a special treat. Indeed. And a can would last me a month, month yeah. and a half. Have you ever had Vietnamese coffee? Oh, my gosh. We'll talk about that when we come back from the break. <laughs> okay. I'm Malcolm White, and Deep South Dining is brought to you by MPB listeners who are also supporters. This is radio for the community, supported by the community. It's our fall on-air fundraising campaign. Give now if you are so led at 1-888-372-4483. Show your support at MPB Online by going to mpbonline.org. All right, here's someone to talk a, a bit more about the drive time, and we appreciate each and every one of you listening. It's MPB Think Radio. I'm Charles Arnold. This is a special Fall Pledge Drive podcast episode, asking you to support the MPB news and information you rely on each day. It's so easy to contribute. Call 888-372-4483 or spend just three minutes online at mpbonline.org. Thank you for your contribution. 
Welcome back to Deep South Dining. Malcolm White, Carol Palmer, and Tim Pierce. We're so glad you are tuned in today. And we have another special friend who's joined the conversation. Representative Jill Ford has joined us this morning. So glad you dropped by. Thank you so much, Malcolm. Um, I'm sitting in a room full of foodies, it looks like, this morning. <laughs> well, we saw you out in the hall, and we just are like, come on in. Yeah, that's, well, right. that's Join what we the party. do in the South, isn't it? We invite everyone to the table, and that's what I love, Mississippi. It's just great. Thank you all so much for having me this morning. This is great. We were just talking about uh, dressing. Uh, Tim's mom made a, a really remarkable dressing. And, uh, you know, a food show without a controversy just wouldn't be much to, to get excited about. So we're just wondering, are you into stuffing or dressing? I'm into dressing with cornbread, and I am uh, – my dressing, I like dry, and I do not like my turkey in my dressing. I mm. like turkey on the side and dressing um, – ter- actually, I like my turkey a little bit on the top of my dressing with the gravy over that. So. Of course. Of course. Sounds good. But, Malcolm, you said the S word. I did. Stuffing. Stuffing, yes. Uh, And I know this this is going to stir some controversy. Well, stir it up. Well, I just wanted to say that I actually copied down a quote from Tim Pierce from a couple of years ago (laughs) and saved it in my Deep South Dining file because, I mean, I'll let you speak for yourself, but this is what you wrote. You said, I'm late to the conversation, but I want you to have this for future reference. In my opinion, stuffing is feathers or polyfill. It's appropriate for vests, comforters, pillows, and plush toys. Dressing is appropriate for the Thanksgiving table. Amen. Say, say defend yourself or... Well, let's just go ahead and say that whatever you put online stays online. <laughs> so, so I can't defend it. I'll have to stand by it. <laughs> now, look, I love dressing, and I grew up eating lots of dressing. Uh, but uh, my mother-in-law used to make, my former mother-in-law used to make a stuffing. And, yes, she was a Yankee. But I learned from her cooking to combine a stuffing-type breading with cornbread. So I make sort of a hybrid. Now, that might, for you purists, that might not work, but I love a hybrid of cornbread stuffing, I mean, of, of bread stuffing and cornbread dressing. Because you're Malcolm White. I don't know. And you're always just, into weird, you know, uh, not weird things, uh, eclectic, but stuffing is more of a... Uh, northern thing that's right it is. and our mama mama cooks the stuffing let's have some stuffing <laughs> but yeah elizabeth high school wrote her first cookbook with a friend that that actually uh was from the south and moved to i believe it was pennsylvania you know and and her first thanksgiving this woman's first thanksgiving when they said pass the stuffing you know that she was like what is you know what is this it's a cultural difference. Elizabeth has an opinion about dressing. Of course she does. And other things. Yeah, for sure. Various other yeah. things. But back to the oyster dressing, you know, it, it could be called stuffing because the recipe calls to make cornbread, crumble the cornbread, and then butter it, and then bake it until it's like croutons. Butter it? Yeah. You, mm. you add butter to the cornbread. That already has put, a quarter cup of bacon grease in it. Yeah, 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 that's good. Yes. We're getting but there. But do you actually... Stuff it inside oh, no. the turkey. No, not at all. Okay. 
I'll rest Representative my case. Ford, do you stuff your no. dressing into your bird? We have a bird? specific casserole dish that my mother-in-law, and that's what I've asked for. <laughs> I'm like, when, when you die, just give me your casserole I want dish. The casserole yes. dish. Is it Corningware? It's Corningware, yes. yes. It is Corningware. <laughs> Isn't that interesting that you knew that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, But it is the size that will feed us all. And she has her recipe, and I've never tried to mimic it at all. I just wait. That is her thing is dressing. And it's delicious, and I love it. And I like the crunchy edges. Oh, I love the crunch. It's like the burn ends on barbecue, Mm -hmm. the the crunch around it. Now, Representative Ford, I know you represent Madison County. I do. And for our listeners, I want them to understand that uh, the Mississippi legislature uh, funds, helps fund the great work here at MPB, and we appreciate that. And uh, we appreciate the work that you do, and we appreciate all of the support that we get from the legislature. And I know that you represent Madison, but tell our listeners where you're actually from. Well, you tell me where I'm from. <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> I'm from Northeast Mississippi. Oh my uh, gosh! They're everywhere. Said, They're people. everywhere. <laughs> See, and, uh, it's a setup for these. Guys. And they and they call in all the all the time. That's our biggest call in. And yeah, Tim is from Boonville. Oh, yeah. shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> I I like you already. Right, indeed. See? Well, I'm from Corinth oh, and grew oh, up goodness. in Corinth. Yeah. Yes, as is my husband. She, you're kidding me. No, no, I'm married to one of the Palmer twins. I'm married to John Palmer. Uh, my first job with, was with John Palmer at Mobile Communications Corporation of America. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Is this well, he is a major world. Corinthian. No, this is Mississippi. This is this so is Mississippi. Crazy. This is so I love Mississippi. it. Everybody well, my knows daddy, everybody. My daddy knew your uh, husband, and that's why I'm sure I got that job, is well, because he they grew up together, John Palmer and my daddy. This is crazy. I know. It's just Mississippi. <laughs> and I think and my then, brother worked for your father at Probably one point. so. And yeah. then I went to school at Northeast. I called it Northeast Mississippi Junior College, right. but now it's community college with your daddy that was the president, Harold White. We so, all did. Tim this went to Northeast. I, yep. Y'all. I'm just going to walk out the outside. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe oh, because I'm married fun. to a Corinthian, I right, can stay in the room. Right. But, well, um, Corinth is so you idyllic. Into the family, yeah, <laughs> it is so idyllic, and I love to tell people that I'm from Corinth. My heart lies there. My roots run deep, um, but I represent Madison County, and I've been there 37 years. My husband and I have been married 37 years this past 18th of October, and um, I, I, I know that. Um, my brothers still live there. Three of them are still alive. My parents are dead, of course. But um, I go often. I'll go for Thanksgiving. Great. That of all is places, fantastic. I'm going to Corinth. So, and one one question. I don't want to stir up controversy. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, we you don't do. have time. But we for have that. it at the table no. a lot between Malcolm and my husband. Where was the slug burger first sold or invented? I know that I eat my slug burgers at Borum's Drugstore. Yes! That's where I eat my slug burgers. It's the oldest drugstore in the state of Mississippi. They still have an active restaurant inside it. It's amazing. And I can't wait. I don't think that I'll get one at Thanksgiving. I don't think I'll be able to get there in time to have a slug burger. But I'm telling you, it it is part of my 
if you in one Mississippi, the song that Steve Azar we just passed on the floor last year um, has the slug burger in it. It's one of the first lines in one Mississippi song. So even well, Steve Azar realizes. One what of a, the Boonful guys just quickly tell us what a slug burger is, and in, in case there's somebody out there that has no idea. Tim, originally the slug burger was an extended hamburger with ground beef and they used potato flakes originally um now there's more think folks have started using things like soy and different kinds of extenders but mom actually made hers with flour and egg and i think it came from the depression and it was just a way to make your ground beef go last longer right and a slug was what we would call a nickel a nickel a nickel so yes. and there's actually a slug burger fest that you yes, could make yes. every July. Yeah, we like to call them Weeks Burgers because, because they the were Weeks started family. by the Weeks family uh, in Corinth. Well, I think I knew that, but you I do. like to eat mine from Borum. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> You're listening to Deep South Dining on MPB Think Radio. Malcolm White, Carol Palmer, Tim Pierce. We're so happy that you've tuned in. We are talking about, among other things, we're talking about Thanksgiving <laughs> and the upcoming. A gathering of friends, family, and great eats. Now, Tim, where do you fall on this uh, topic of uh, sometimes contention of cranberry sauce? Have to have it, number one. Yeah. Um, but I don't have strong convictions with regards to fresh or canned. We grew up with canned, the, the gelled type, right. sliced on a beautiful crystal plate so um but i sort of i have posted my recipe i make a combination because i do like the gel thickness the the texture Mm. that that offers so i make a fresh but then i put a can of gel in it do you now i do like like my dressing hybrid you do a cranberry hybrid well you know some people like the cranberry in the can where you just slide it out of the can yes. and you can still see the ridges. Yep. That's have to have it. I mean, have, there, there are folks that are, I, I, mean, I got have it. to have it. It's not Thanksgiving without it. Well, I see you have uh, a couple of magazines over, I, over I there. I do have magazines, and that, that leads us. I had a, a few more mentions that I wanted to, to talk about. Uh, the mincemeat pie that started with a hog's head. That was one of the things that was mentioned online that they had to have at Thanksgiving. And um, shake like hell all gratin potatoes. No explanation, but but (laughs) that's what they have at Thanksgiving. And then Malcolm, baked apples. Oh, I love baked apples. So you got one in my refrigerator right now. But you said that you only have it at Thanksgiving. That's true. Is there a special recipe? No, I just uh, hollow out the core. Uh, the whole, I leave the apple whole. I fill it with uh, a little butter, sometimes some honey. Yep. Uh, sprinkle. I actually put a little black pepper in there. I like that. A little salt. Yep. And I just let it bake. And there are two things. There are two items that I love to bake during the holidays that, for me, set the mood, the aroma. And they're not scented candles. They are a baked sweet potato and a baked apple in your oven Mm -hmm. will change the atmosphere of your home. Right. So this is um, the the latest food and wine edition that I just happened to get yesterday. And there are your baked apples. Yeah, it's beautiful. With apple cider 
bacon and garlic, and I think I'm going to have to try it. It, it just looks it so looks great. In a cast iron skillet. In a cast iron skillet. And I wouldn't have thought about it except you mentioned baked apples. Um, and so the, these apples are sliced? No, they're halves. They're not? They're Those halves. Are halves. Okay. And yeah. I do okay. mine whole, but uh, yeah. this looks great. And but, it makes a fantastic presentation. And interestingly enough, they uh, suggest either gala or um, the, the small lady apples. Which I would have never used for baked apples. But I use the honey crisp. Yeah, but, of course. Yeah, but I'm open to experimenting and, but with other apples. This is, you know, a smaller and more tart apple. Mm. So when you add the other ingredients that they do, yeah, I'm sure that makes a, nice a difference. Combo. Yeah. Uh, other sweets, desserts for Thanksgiving. Uh, let's let's go around. Carol, do you have favorite desserts for Thanksgiving? Sweet potato pie. Oh, hello. Well, there's Java. <laughs> Sweet potato pie. Up from the grave. <laughs> there we go. Uh, my grandmother's pumpkin chiffon pie. Ooh. Pumpkin. I like that. Tim? Mm-hmm. You know, last night we had German chocolate cake, and it is one of my favorites. So mm-hmm. we had that last year. So, But yeah. I'm not a pumpkin pie person at all. Mom always had pecan pie and sweet potato pie. Yeah, um, every pecan year. would be. Well, pecan you know, pie have sort of to have, to have that. Yeah. So, Malcolm, your pecan pie yeah. is yours? Would be, yes. I like that. Of course, I always love lemon, lemon pie, lemon uh-huh. icebox pie. Yeah, my meringue. cousin that has the Baker Brick blog from New York, she does a mixed nut pie. Hmm. It's basically pecan pie, but you get all of the different textures. Beautiful. Yeah. Now, Tim, place settings. Talk to us a little bit about how to set the table and what's. Mm. And any do's or don'ts. You sent me some things that Southern Living had posted. Right. That, you know, that it, might be a springboard. It's a, a iffy topic for me because I do believe that everyone should be their own and enjoy it the way you want to do it, but. For me in my house, we don't do paper, plastic. I don't know that I've ever owned a paper plate, and uh, so. But I don't judge. Um, I, I pull out as much heirloom as I possibly can, and remember family that's gone on. But I also sometimes do simple, and of course, my friends are laughing at what <laughs> I consider simple. But um, yeah, I I think. The one of the most special things that you can do is remember family and remember the times and the, the things that have made us who we are. So, an accent will always be something that has a story, and especially if you can tell a story over dinner about you know past Thanksgivings or, or past times. I, I think that's what Thanksgiving should be about. So, having a visual something at the table, I think it's great. Let's hit a few high points of Thanksgiving etiquette, if we could. Um, One is, when invited, inquire about duties and restrictions upon receiving the invitation. Don't surprise your host. You know, that's happened to me before where I've worked for days and somebody walks in and says, oh, I forgot to tell you I'm vegan. And, yeah, because you can take care of all these things ahead of time. Or I forgot to tell you that my sister came in. I hope you don't mind Mind, that I brought. Yes. Not even calling before. That's just an absolute don't. Right. And no scented candles. Not so much. And that's one thing I wanted to ask you. What is your stand on lighted candles at a lunch table in the daytime? 
my personal stand is that I don't do it. But I'm not judging if you do because candles are really an end thing. Various tapers of all different colors and heights down the center of the table. All right. Thank you, Tim, for being with us today. Happy Thanksgiving. And I think we covered it, Mal. We have. Deep South Dining is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting's Think Radio. We are funded by generous contributions from listeners like yourself. Yes, you. And if you would like to become a sustaining member and help bring this show to many others to listen to all across the state and beyond, visit our website, mpbonline.org, or give us a call, one 888-372-4483 and we would love to see you join the family and now we ask you stay tuned for Marshall Ramsey's program Now You're Talking join us each and every Monday right here on MPB Think Radio and we thank you This is an MPB Think Radio podcast To hear previous shows visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand